In April of 1979, St. John Paul II issued the first encyclical of his long reign as Pope. He called it Redemptor Hominis, in English, the Redeemer of Man. The opening sentence reads, quote, The Redeemer of Man, Jesus Christ, is the centre of the universe and of history. End of quote. No other person, event, philosophy or ideology is the centre, only Christ. Throughout the letter, St John Paul speaks of the church and the world at the dawn of the third millennium. Now, although the document is 42 years old this April, it contains some insightful assessment of the world of 1979, as well as, I suggest, an insightful assessment of the world now. About halfway through, JP2 addresses the concept of progress and comments that the generation of that time and generation since have seen progress of great speed and width. Just think of technology, for instance. How much of mobile phones become portable computers? It is possible now to do almost everything with them. They are televisions desktop computers, cameras and more, all rolled into one. JP2 would be amazed at what mobile phones have become and can do today in 2021. He would probably also be appalled, though, at how they have become a means of sin and evil. But St John Paul asks the question, has this huge progress become not only a gain but also a threat. I suggest that he is right to ask the question. Four decades after he asked the question, we have certainly seen that what has accompanied progress and sometimes is caused by it are some very deeply worrying ideas. And, as you know, ideas have consequences. Just to name one of those today, how many times have we seen either a deconstruction or a demolition of the moral guides, the traditional customs and the traditional laws of our country? It is a fact that along with progress has come a suspicion or even a rejection of law, of tradition, of custom. Some even equate progress with getting rid of what has gone before, in what seems an endless search for novelty. This is important to note because, unless we are careful to put aside the insistent messaging of our society, we could see the first reading of today's Mass as another set of rules, rules that are arbitrary and imposed, So let's ignore them, or get rid of them. But that is not the Christian tradition, and it's not the truth. Although what we hear belongs to the old law of Moses, these laws were given by the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, a good and kind God, 
who wanted to educate his people in ways of living that would change them into good and virtuous people who could form a good and virtuous society. These moral principles weren't abrogated by Christ, but rather he fulfilled them and perfected them in his own person. So they still apply to us today, even in the anti-law mentality of our time. As a humorous but wise saying goes, God did not give us ten suggestions, but ten commandments. Now that's the moral law of the Old Covenant, which continues to this day, and which is overlaid with and summarised by the moral law of the New Covenant, namely, to love God with all one's heart and mind and strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. Put even more strongly by Jesus himself when he commanded us to love one another as he has loved us. If we switch our attention to the Gospel reading, we enter into the sphere of the ceremonial law of the Old Covenant. This we do not follow, although there are principles from it that inform our liturgy, and indeed they contain the origins of our sacred liturgy. The temple in Jerusalem was the privileged place of encounter with God. It was the dwelling place of God and a house of prayer. The temple was destroyed in the year 70 AD. The new covenant in which we live has not one but many places to supersede the temple. Now every Catholic church is the dwelling place of God and a house of prayer. The righteous anger of Christ erupts because the outer court of the holy temple had become a place of commerce. So he drove the merchants out of there because of his jealous love for his father, who was being shown such grave disrespect. Jesus himself was not disrespectful of the temple, rather he loved it with zeal and ardour and knew its significance more than any other one or any other person did. As he hung in agony upon the cross on Good Friday, he faced east and looked towards the golden and beautiful temple. He looked at the back of it, but he knew every detail of it. In his divine knowledge, he knew that it would pass away, and this was surely a sadness for him, since he loved it so much. But also, did his heart thrill with the prospect of many places throughout the world and throughout time to replace it, where he would dwell among his people? So now to us. This Sunday in Lent would be a suitable occasion to examine your own attitude to rules and law. Also to ask yourself, do I show zeal for my church, my parish church, for every Catholic church, because it is God's house? 
when I am there in the church, do I adore the presence of Christ with the bending of the knee, not just a nod of the head or a bow? Would I defend the church building from all activity that would make it seem like a meeting place rather than a house of prayer? To quote Genesis chapter 28, verse 17, How awesome is this place! It is the house of God and the gate of heaven.